Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's Lakers Talk with Alan Sliwa on 710 ESPN. It was great to get a chance to see a real starting lineup out there that looks like, okay, this could be something Lakers roll out. Westbrook to LeBron. Bounce past Mello. Three-pointer by Mello. Good. We got one more preseason game left. And then it's on. Opening night at Staples is six days away. LeBron 360 spin to the rim and in. Beautiful move by LeBron. It's going to take a minute for us to become the team that we know we're going to be capable of being. You know, it's all about working the process. The process gets real next Tuesday when the Lakers face the Warriors on opening night. I don't really know how to assess them. I think everyone's just looking for the regular season to start. So then you could be in a position where you could say, okay, well, the Lakers played bad or the Lakers played good. And oh, by the way, the game counted. Are you ready for Mission 18 Reloaded? Lakers Talk is on. Here's Alan Sliwa. What is going on, Laker fans? Thank you very much for tuning in. We'll go till 9 o'clock tonight. We got a packed show tonight. By the way, try to take as many calls as possible. If you want to be a part of Lakers Talk tonight, uh, big deal, no deal. Lakers start the preseason 0-5. Does it matter? Any concern on the way they're playing, 877-710-ESPN. I'll take some calls throughout the show. Um, just a quick idea, guess-wise. Three-time Laker champion during the Showtime era, Byron Scott is going to take some time to uh, to join the show. Uh, by the way, he will um, join in about a half hour or so. Senior writer for Lakers Nation, Trevor Lane, frequent guest of the show, does a fantastic job covering the Lakers. He'll come on in the 8 o'clock hour. Um, a little bit earlier today, Carmelo Anthony talked about um, just his thoughts on yesterday's starting lineup that he was a part of. He also talked about um, kind of, you know, I, th- I think this is becoming the theme. At least LeBron said it, that it might take a second here to figure things out, but we're going to figure things out. So we'll play a couple of those clips from uh, from Carmelo. And then Coach Vogel gave um, an update as far as injuries go for potentially not just tomorrow, but what it could look like for the opener, as Mario was just mentioning there. Uh, on Tuesday night against the Golden State Warriors. So we got a lot to get into. We got a lot to get into. And uh, I- I'm going to start off just giving, just kind of giving my thoughts here uh, so far of what I've seen. And um, obviously getting a chance to do the pre and the post. We're watching Lakers basketball as as closely as anybody else, listening to all the interviews. I know there's a lot of Laker fans that are doing the exact same thing. They love their Lakers basketball. They're ready to start watching this team in training camp. Um, it's been underwhelming. I don't think there's really anything to sugarcoat. Just it has not been, you know, the best product out there to watch. And and I understand people are going to say, well, Al, it's preseason. You're 100% right. It is. These games don't count. A lot of times you're never going to see, A, the best lineup from your team or your roster. That's number one. Or number two, let's use yesterday as an example. The Warriors don't play Steph Curry and Draymond Green, so what are you really playing up against? You know, it's not like any of these guys, even though it's the first time LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Westbrook all played together, they're not going up against competition where uh, they're going to be motivated, I guess is the right word, 
Um, it's definitely fair to say that this team has been incredibly disinterested in preseason basketball. All good. I'm going to go back to this. It's all good. I just know that the regular season starts on October 19th, and the expectation starting on October 19th is obviously going to be different of what we've seen so far in preseason. Because in preseason, it has been ugly basketball. It has been games where... Um, if I if I think of the last three games, 27 turnovers, 25 turnovers, 20 turnovers, um, Russ has had a ton of those. LeBron had, I want to say, six turnovers yesterday. Um, so th- this is, if you were excited about Lakers basketball, um, it's certainly not because of preseason basketball. It's because there's expectations when the regular season starts that your squad's going to start playing some good ball. Um, they're going to start taking over some of these games. You're going to see some brilliance from three dudes who are complete superstars. Two of them, you can make the argument, um, you know, certainly LeBron, one of the top in the NBA. AD can't have a list without having him six or seven, something along those lines. Russ Book, we, Westbrook, we know what he's done individually over the last couple of years. He'll obviously have to figure out, all right, how do I play with LeBron and AD? AD and LeBron are going to do the same thing with Russ. So um, the excitement for this upcoming season uh, was not built for the preseason, nor has that portion delivered. Uh, but once the regular season starts on October 19th, you know, obviously this is supposed supposed to be a completely different squad and look much, much different. So um, it's funny because, you know, when I throw out there and I've just kind of uh, getting a chance at some of these different platforms to get Lakers thoughts, it's kind of two different worlds here about the preseason so far. I am surprised that it's looked this bad. I'm surprised that it's 0-5. But I guess, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, um, that's no way to kind of gauge any one of these teams. If a, if a squad comes out in the preseason, they're 6-0. Nobody's going to sit back and say, well, watch out for that team. They went 6-0 in preseason or 5-1 and in preseason. And I think vice versa in, in regards to this. But I feel like this has been my pulse just communicating with Laker fans and whether it's on social media or doing some of the shows or doing post-game show, whatever the case is, there are two schools here and there's nobody in the middle. There's either, hey, Alma, a little concerned here. I mean, we're really not looking that good and, you know, they haven't really had that much playing together and you got 11 new guys on the squad and there's some injuries already right out the gate. And, uh, and, and oh, by the way, the regular season starts in less than a week and then there's the other side of things where it's like, yeah, come back to me on October 19th. Actually, well, you know what? Push it to November 1st. You know what? Let me actually go a little further. Come back to me on December 1st. Let me know how they are 25 games in because um, I'm not going to worry about a team this early in the season, specifically in the preseason. So whichever side that, of, of that equation that you're on, if you have some concern of what you've seen so far from the Lakers or I have literally zero concern – because it's preseason basketball. You can give me your thoughts, 877-710-ESPN. Okay, uh, yesterday we got a chance to see something a little unique. Yesterday we got a chance. It wasn't just even the LeBron, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook. But it was Carmelo Anthony and Kent Bazemore was your starting five. That's what we got to see yesterday. Um, I want to play a clip here real quick. This is Carmelo Anthony who was on uh, a little bit earlier this afternoon. Um, he just did his regular Lakers have their after practice. They'll have somebody they'll make available. So we got a chance to listen to Carmelo Anthony. Take a listen to Carmelo, his thoughts on the starting lineup last night and obviously his participation in it. 
It felt good. It was just it, it felt good to kind of just be out there and just you know starting to see what the possibilities can be and and see how we how we gel together. Uh, I thought we had some great moments when all four of us was on the court together. Uh, we had spurts where you know we we was very in tune. We was locked in. Uh, we we don't expect it to happen overnight, but uh, I thought yesterday was one of those one of those moments that okay we see that we see that. You know, it, it, it looks good. It felt good. Uh, and we, we build off of that. All right, that's uh, Carmelo Anthony a little bit earlier uh, today. Um, yeah, starting lineup, it's it's funny because Michael Thompson has been talking about, hey, I, I, he actually has made a case to – he wants to see Carmelo Anthony in the starting lineup. That's never one that I put in a play there. I just kind of assumed, yeah, Carmelo's going to come off the bench. Uh, he'll be a, a spot-up guy. He'll try to get you – if he can get you 12 to 15 points a game, fantastic. He's going to get open looks. That, that's kind of the way I assumed Carmelo, his role was going to be with the Lakers. And when we thought the big three are getting a chance to start together, Russell Westbrook and and uh, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, there's a lot of curiosity of how those three are going to work together. There's going to be um, uh, certainly a magnifying glass on every single thing they do this entire season People are going to be watching. Is it working? Is it not working? I told you Russ wasn't a right fit. Look at Russ. He's perfect with these guys. That's what's going to be. Every network, every everywhere you tune in, you tune into this radio show, people will be analyzing the Lakers' big three uh, like no tomorrow. Now, the Lakers also didn't play a ton of different players yesterday, so that probably has something to do with taking a look at what that starting lineup would look like. I got a feeling tomorrow, which will be the final preseason game, we might get another look where they try going big and they see what that looks like. Big meaning DeAndre Jordan, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, whoever that shooting guard is, which I don't think anybody's figured out what that's going to end up looking like, and uh, and Russell Westbrook. But uh, Carmelo gave his thoughts on that. I thought the big three together, yeah, looking forward to seeing more games Um you know, with those three together, I, I think it's a combination of rust. It's a combination of it's a preseason game, and I'm not going to, you know, come out here and really try to play. It's a combination of turnovers, it's a combination of um, overpassing, things along those lines, right? So I, I'm not one that I think I could walk away from what we've seen so far and say, oh, okay, I got a good look at what the Lakes are going to be. I, actually, to be honest with you, I don't think you could really have seen anything so far in these first five games that are any indication of what the regular season is going to look like. A quick shout-out here, Valvoline Instant Oil Change, proud partner of Lakers Talk here on 710 ESPN. We greatly, greatly appreciate their partnership. It takes about 15 minutes, drive-through oil change. They are home of the 15-minute drive-through oil change. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for location and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change. So appreciate their partnership. Um, all right, a couple things I want to do uh, when we come back. Number one, I know we got some uh, phone calls uh, lined up here. Any concern with this Lakers squad, the way they've started in preseason? And I'm not talking record. I mean, don't get me wrong. Would like to have had a you know a win or two, especially these home games at Staples Center. Um, be nice to see Laker fans walking away um, uh, with some confetti that comes down and feeling yeah you know, like they got a W, but not necessarily the Lakers got a win. They didn't get a win. Do you have any concern with just the way they're playing? Do you have any concern with what it's looked like so far? Or none of this means absolutely nothing to you because it's preseason. You could give me your thoughts, 877-710-ESPN. And then also when we come back, 
um, got a update. Uh, Coach Vogel mentioned it today of just what some of these injuries, Kendrick Nunn, Malik Monk, um, Wayne Ellington, what that might look like over these next couple of days potentially for the start of the season. So I'll play that when we come back as well. And then lastly, Byron Scott coming up at 7.30. Stay right here. Thank you for tuning in. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. In about 15 minutes, Byron Scott will join the program. He'll give give his thoughts on uh, how the Lakers are doing so far. Just kind of a look at once once the season uh, starts, what the expectations are going to be. And then also he's got a new podcast that uh, he's put together. So I'm going to help uh, promote that. Byron Scott, three-time champion for the Lakers. No better insight you're going to get on that front. Um, okay, let, let's take a couple calls here before I play uh, Coach Vogel on. All right, let's go to Eric and Marina Del Rey. Eric, you're on, buddy. What's going on, Eric? Yeah, you know, Alan, I'm kind of in the middle when you were saying, you know, a lot of people are either not concerned at all or, you know. I, I think the only thing I'm really concerned about, because we've already seen it, you know, rear its ugly head is the injuries. Um, I think injuries are the only thing that, you know, by midseason, end of the season, could slow this team down. As for what we've seen in the preseason, you know, when you and Travis on media day were interviewing the team, I was, first I was thinking to myself, this sounds like an all-star team. Like, this isn't any regular media day. This sounds crazy. But then I was thinking to myself that in my 30-something years of being a sports fan, I've never seen such a turnover from one season to another. Um, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, if, if we have all these new guys and in preseason we're playing two of the best teams in the West being the Suns and the Warriors, we might have a tough time hanging with these guys just because the continuity between us and them, uh, they're bringing back almost their full squad. So as I thought, maybe we'd look a little better by now. I'm not surprised that, you know, there's been communication issues and turnovers. And, you know, it, it's it's a bummer. You know, it's a bummer to see Russ and LeBron with the turnovers and everything. But I'm not, I'm not surprised that we look as bad as we've looked. And, uh, you know, if we look this way in a month, Maybe there's something to be concerned about. But until then, uh, I'm not really sweating it that hard. Appreciate the call. Appreciate the call. Thank you, Eric. I appreciate that. Um, Let me actually play. I had another clip here with Carmelo. And let me play that real quick because I think it's going to play a little bit into what you were just saying. And I've heard LeBron say it as well. um, That, okay, maybe it's going to take a second to figure things out here. And I think there is something about continuity. Continuity early on. But, you know, by January 1st, December 1st, you're going to expect, okay, they're starting to click here a little bit. Take a listen to hear Carmelo on figuring out how much, uh, um, still figuring things out. Let's put it that way. I think, um, I, don't, I don't know exactly what, what teams, but if you just look at the course of an NBA season and teams that have won championships, uh, you know, unless you were the Warriors when they were 72 and, and, and 10, Everybody had to figure it out, starting starting you know starting a certain way, uh, go through the the nuances of the season, the ups and downs of a, of a season, and then you know you you find your you find your groove. And I I think uh, I think we have figured out 
much quicker than people giving us credit uh, for. But that's that's on us. That's something we we take that challenge. You know, that's something we know. That's something we talk about. Even though it's preseason and we losing, you know, we lost some games. Um, it's that's definitely something that we talk about. How do we speed uh, that process up without cheating it? And I think we're we're, we're very aware when it comes to that. All right, that's uh, Carmelo Anthony right there. I, and I, I don't know if you can speed up the process. I think the process is the process, and I think the advantage for the Lakers is, well, these are not all rookies playing together. This isn't Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball and Julius Randle and Jordan Clarkson. No, no, these are vets, Hall of Famers, guys who have won championships, guys who have been in the league for a long time. So I, I think that's obviously a clear, clear-cut advantage for the Lakers, just basically basically having that in their back pocket. Uh, Steve, do we got another one here? Is, this, uh, is it David? Do I have it right? All right, David in Palm Springs. David, what's going on? You're on Lakers Talk. Hey, good evening. Yeah, you know what? I am not concerned one bit. Um, I kind of throw out all the games before the big three got together, so they've really only played one game. And um, it just it's not really meaningful. You know, for example, the Chargers are 4-1. and one. They didn't win one preseason game. You really have to go by the first, maybe fourth of the season so like 20 games in, we would have to assess it. And on top of that, the Lakers always lose their first game the last several years of the regular season anyway. So I, I'm not concerned one bit. Appreciate you calling in. Thank you for calling in. You know, it, it's funny. David mentions um, the NFL as an example. And, you know, I, we had a caller just a second ago referencing, I think it was Eric, talking about, well, tr- you and Travis, when you were at me, they had this conversation. Travis and I have these conversations in the morning saying that, you know, Sean McVay has kind of created this, well, I don't play my main players in preseason. I just don't play them. There was always the mantra of, well, you have to play them because you got to get them ready for the regular season. And I think what we have seen so far in preseason, I, I don't, to be honest with you, and maybe just because I never really remember how teams do in the preseason. I just genuinely don't. I had to go back and look. Okay, well, what did Lakers do last season? I think they went 3-3, three and three, maybe the season before. Um, I think they went 6-0. and oh, So I, th- I think, okay, we have a little bit of an example of how they've done in the past. But I don't usually typically pay attention to it. There is, in my eyes, and I think most Laker fans would agree this, there's just zero interest for the Lakers in preseason. It, I, I don't know how else to put it, but it, it to me appears very, very clear that, okay, hey, let's just get the – Let's get the uh, regular season uh, started, and you know that's obviously the hope there. But I did see some of these reports, and I got an email on this from uh, the Lakers Public Relations. They did waive uh, Mac McClung today, um, and they officially signed Frank Mason the third. So just some, I guess you could say, breaking news there from Laker World. Um, so keep that one in mind. As far as tomorrow, and as far as opening night on Tuesday. Take a listen to Lakers head coach Frank Vogel. This was earlier this afternoon. The couple of sound pieces that you just heard from Carmelo was also earlier this afternoon. Take a listen to um, take a listen to coach talking about three players specifically, basically the guards, Kendrick Nunn, Malik Monk, and uh, and Wayne Ellington. Some quick updates on their front of where they where they are and they're all three of them are not playing tomorrow. Take a listen. We'll see. We're hopeful that uh K Nunn and Malik will be back. Uh, but we'll see. We'll have to see how they progress uh, over the next six days. Um, you know, Wayne actually his MRI revealed a, a, a strain in his hamstring as well, uh, grade one. Still, still in the you know uh, reevaluated in a week time frame. He's still possible. 
to dress open tonight, but he, he could potentially not be in there. Uh, but we'll have to see all three, how all three of those guys uh, progress over the next week. All right, so there's a you know there's a couple notes there to keep in mind. Um, so I, you know, I, and I've I'll do this more throughout the show, and this is a question I'll ask Byron Scott when he comes up here in a few minutes. But um, I have a I I don't know who the Lakers are going to start at the two. I don't. Um, I kind of had my own my own personal belief was I thought it was going to be Wayne Ellington. We'll see what the Lakers end up doing. I think there's. A, a number of questions of what the Lakers will do with their lineup by the time we get to Tuesday. Um, but Kendrick Nunn, Malik Monk, and Wayne Ellington, those are obviously three guys that are going to fill in those guard roles. THT, we already know a little later in the show, I'll talk about what, what it's going to mean to have him out for at least four weeks, at least going to be reevaluated in four weeks. So you got a few of your guards there that uh, to start the season could potentially not be around, but you heard Coach Vogel say it. Um, you know, they won't play tomorrow. Um, the Malik Monk and um, a couple of the guys that I just mentioned. Um, we do know this, that LeBron, AD, and Westbrook will all play tomorrow at Sacramento. Um, but with various injuries, we won't get a chance to see the ideal regular season rotation just yet. That's a tweet coming from Mike Trudell a little bit earlier today. All right, let's uh, let's grab another call here. Let's go to Jerry in Monrovia. Jerry, what's going on? You're on Lakers Talk. Uh, thank you for taking my call. You got it, man. Um, yeah, I... I wanted to, to bring up not I'm not so much worried about the final scores and I'm not so much worried about uh, where we're headed but what kind of concerns me is the the games against the Golden State and Phoenix I, I I didn't I didn't get to watch too much of it last night but the games prior to that it looked like these teams were going right by us and they were just younger quicker better shooters. And we had a hard time staying in front of them, and that's that's what I saw. They, they, they just looked like they were more athletic and younger and quicker, and that 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 I think is a little bit of a concern moving forward. Appreciate you calling. Thanks, Jerry. Um, you know, I I'm gonna go back to this. I uh, I really I, it's it's incredibly difficult to tell you that Lakers are. You know, maybe Jerry's got a point there, right? Maybe defensively, um, but if you just look at the the disinterest. It's tough for me to say, you know what, you're right, this is going to be issue. Because if they come out, if we're having a conversation a week from today and the Lakers, let's say, lost at home to the Golden State Warriors and it didn't look that good and the defense wasn't there, then I'll say, okay, well, the whole, this is preseason, these games don't count. That excuse would technically be over. So you can't have that excuse. But I, I, I've almost kind of just let this all, all right, you know what, um, yeah, this is what happens. It's pretty. Yeah, I guess the game doesn't matter. Okay, yep. You know that player is not going to really pay attention to that or hustle or something along those lines. I think that part of it is, um, it's kind of what I've observed so far is that there just is not interest. Now, uh, can you just turn the switch on right away and say, okay, let's go to work. Regular season starts. We got the Golden State Warriors and then the Phoenix Suns, then the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, three teams that two of them will be you know, in the playoff mix. The other one could make another run at being the Western Conference, um, getting back to the Western Conference Finals, the Phoenix Suns. So we'll we'll have to, I guess, wait and see how that will all uh, come to play. But I can't walk away and say many things from the preseason to really gauge this Lakers team. I could just listen to Coach. I could just listen to the players who are also kind of indicating like, hey, let's kind of uh, – let's – 
let's pump the brakes a little bit here on thinking that we're just going to start the season, everything's going to click. Um, all right, coming up next, um, he's a three-time champion with the Los Angeles Lakers, a champion during the Showtime era, um, one of uh, one of the smoothest shooters back in the day as well. Byron Scott uh, is going to take some time to join the broadcast. I'm going to also let him promote he's got a new podcast that he's doing now first two episodes fantastic James Worthy was on one of them Kareem Abdul-Jabbar the captain was on the other give him a chance to also uh, promote his podcast so Byron Scott coming up next appreciate everybody all these calls that have come in uh, appreciate you guys being a part of Lakers talk stay right here this is 710 ESPN 10 seconds on the clock how many things can you name that are always growing your relationships your skills your customer base how about businesses on Shopify Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, welcome back to Lakers Talk. Very excited. Obviously, I've uh, been, promo- pr- been promoting this all show long. Uh, Byron Scott, three-time NBA champion with the Showtime Los Angeles Lakers and now with the Off the Dribble podcast with, uh, with Byron Scott taking some time to join the show. What's going on, Byron? How are you? Alan, I'm doing great, man. I can't complain. How about yourself? I'm doing good. First off, uh, congratulations on uh, on the podcast and um, got a chance to listen to your conversation with James Worthy. I know Kareem has been a part of the mix as well. So, Laker fans, very simple here. If you're uh, if you're a Laker fan and you want somebody that was actually in the game, that type of perspective, off the dribble with Byron Scott. So, thank you again, Byron, for uh, for taking the time. No, thank you. I appreciate it. Okay, so let, let's let's start off with um, this current Lakers team, this current Lakers roster. I know you were at the game last night. What was your initial thoughts getting a chance to see LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook all playing together? My initial reaction was it's going to take some time. Uh, you know, when you got three dynamic players like that, it's going to take them a little time to mesh. The one thing I do like is, I, you know, I, I was watching them, you know, during timeouts and things of that nature, their interaction – with each other, I thought was fantastic. So I, I don't think it's going to take them a, a long time to adjust to each other. But uh, obviously, to me, Russell's making the biggest adjustment coming to a team like this uh, with his style of play. He's going to have to give up a little bit of that to fit in and to make this work. But and I, and I've been talking about Carmelo. I think you know coming off the bench, can, he can just destroy people when he's got it going. Uh, and I think with any you know without any major injuries and all that good stuff. 
if they get to the playoffs relatively healthy, I just think the Lakers will win another championship. Byron, is it is it the wrong perspective to have? Because I think this obviously happens. And maybe this is more from a fan perspective or um, media might look at what's on paper. Is it the wrong perspective to say, oh, this thing's going to work right away. They, they get started October 19th. Just put these guys all on the floor and things will start clicking. Is that – should should some fans out there kind of taper down their expectations at the beginning and, and let this thing kind of build naturally? Yeah, absolutely. I think just because you look at what we have on paper, you think it's just going to mesh right away, and it doesn't happen that way. Uh, it's going to take these time, these guys' time to really learn each other. You know, Anthony Davis and LeBron, they, they know each other pretty well. They've won a championship together. But you're bringing in two other dynamic players in Carmelo and, and, and Russell. So they're going to have to learn to mesh together and play together, and it's going to take some time. It's not going to be all rosy right off the get-go. Uh, so if I'm Laker fans right now, just kind of – you know, slow your roll a little bit and just let these guys get on the floor and get, you know, familiar and acclimated with one another. It's going to take some time. But I think once uh, the ingredients is right and they figure it out, uh, they're going to be you know, pretty much unstoppable. Byron Scott taking some time to join uh, Lakers talk here on 710 ESPN. By the way, brand new podcast, uh, Byron Scott off the dribble. You could go to byronscottpodcast.com. Uh, fantastic perspective on the Lakers. Look back at the Showtime era and, of course, uh, the current times right now with the Lake Show. Um, you know, it, it, out of out of some of the challenges for Russell Westbrook coming to a team where you have two established stars, obviously the expectations are going to be to win a championship. This is the first time in his career that he's the third best player on his team. Even back in the James Harden, Russell Westbrook, um, uh, Kevin Durant days, uh, Russ was obviously starting. Harden was coming off the bench. What What do you think is going to be the biggest adjustment for Russ? Like, what What, what is Russell Westbrook going to have to um, figure out as he goes that he hasn't really had uh, to figure out at this stage of his career? Uh, what 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 will be some of those challenges? You think? Well, I think one of them, you know, is, is what you just said. You know, I mean, Alan. You got a, a guy who's averaged, you know, triple double, you know, two years in a row or two out of the last three years, whatever the case may be, and now he's looking at these guys saying, "I'm the third, I'm the third best player or the third option," hmm. you know. So he's going to have to adjust to that. He's going to have to adjust to not having the ball in his hand 97 percent of the time. Uh, he's going to have to adjust to not taking, you know, 20 to 25 shots a night. Uh, he's going to have to adjust to understanding to be more of a, a role player. Even as great as he is, you know, you're still looking at LeBron and AD as the main two uh, options on this team. And, and those are going to be some big adjustments. That's why I say, you know, Laker Nation and fans, you got to understand it's going to take some time for him to understand that. Uh, but I love the chemistry of the team. I love the way they interact with one another. And I, and I think Russell's willing to do that. You, you know, at this point in time in your career, you know, all it is is you know, all it is is about is winning. You know, trying to win a championship, and that's the that's one of the main reasons Carmelo came here. And and Carmelo has been able to sacrifice over the last three or four years where he's not the guy anymore. I, so that's a role that he's used to, and I think he's willing to do whatever it takes. But Russ, this is a role that's unfamiliar to him. Never been in this situation before. Uh, has never had to take a backseat to anybody. So mm-hmm. this is going to be some. Uh, some getting used to, and if he's uh, willing to do that again, I think this team will win a championship. Yeah, it's that's kind of the fascinating part, right? Because you know we could look at it and say, oh well, on paper this is this is a right. no brainer, right. and I, and I think as we get, and maybe you could kind of explain this from your perspective when you were in the league or even as a coach, is the first is the first couple months of the season it, when when you have this many new players. 
Um, I know preseason is one thing, but when, when you're in the regular season, how much are the first couple of months still trying to figure everything out, trying to gain that chemistry, gain each other's the strengths and the weaknesses? Does that leak a lot into the regular season, especially in an 82-game grind, 82 game grind, and also with a team that has 11 new players? Yeah, I think anytime you have turnover like the Lakers did this summer, and I've had teams, you know, when I was in Jersey, you know, we had seven or eight new players my second year. Uh, and I kept telling the coaching staff, I said, you know, sometime in January, after that two, two and a half months of us readjusting and them adjusting, uh, you know, then it will, you know, then everything will start to kick in and we'll be, we'll be rolling on all cylinders. I, I think the same with the Lakers. I don't think we should, uh, our expectations to be that they're going to just come out the box and just be destroying everybody. And by Christmas have the best record in the NBA and all that good stuff. If it happens, that's great. That means they've accelerated the process, but, you know, more times than not, it doesn't happen. And it, and it does normally take, you know, that, that two months, you know, one and a half to two months to two and a half months before a team really starts to jail. Three-time NBA champion in the Showtime era with the Lakers, Byron Scott taking some time to join Lakers Talk. By the way, Byron Scott has a new podcast, Off the Dribble with Byron Scott. It's fantastic. If you go on right now, you catch it on all your social platforms. YouTube, a perfect example. Fantastic video of Byron and James Worthy going back and forth in a great conversation. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in another uh, episode. So you can catch all that. Um, to make it easy, you could actually just go to the website, byronscottpodcast.com. Um, Byron, is I've had this conversation so far, and I think every time I ask the question, I get a different answer. Whether I'm talking to Michael Thompson in the pregame show or Brad Turner of the LA Times, we're having the conversation. Do, do you want to see Anthony Davis start games at five? Is that something that you think is incredibly important to this team? Or, you know what, if he doesn't start the game at five, it's all good as long as he closes the game at five. I know certain circumstances or predicaments might come up where that isn't the case. But where, where do you stand on AD to begin games, to end games, play the five, play the four? Where do you stand on that? I don't think it matters, you know, where he starts at the beginning of the game. I think at the end of the game, as long as you got your best five players on the floor, that's the most important thing, and and, and that's probably going to be mean that he's going to be playing the five, you know, in, in crunch time when the game is on the line, which is great because I think, you know, he has a big advantage of a lot of guys that play five because he can stretch the floor, he can take you off the dribble, and he can post up. You know, when he posts up, he normally faces up, you know, on the post, but. I think he gives you such a great advantage at five, uh, you know, especially towards the end of the games. Because number one, you know, the reasons I said you just said, but number two on the defensive end, he can still guard, you know, fives, you know, because he's so long and athletic. So it doesn't matter to me if he starts at five. If you start Dwayne, you know, Dwight Howard at the at the five position to start the game, or DeAndre Jordan, it doesn't matter. You know, as long as at the end of the game he's probably playing that position when it's winning time, I think that's the most important part. Byron, you know, a lot has been made about Anthony Davis, um, him obviously coming off a season where he was back and forth with injuries. Lakers had won a championship prior to that. We got a chance to connect with AD on media day, and he just talked about how he's got a chip on his shoulder, as do a lot of these other players, whether it's Russ or Carmelo or it's Rondo wants another one. LBJ obviously continuing mm -hmm. to add to everything that he's accomplished. What, what, what kind of season do you think Anthony Davis needs to have for the Lakers as LeBron is now going to be 37 in December. Um, is this one of those years for Anthony Davis that you think we should be having a short list of conversations of who's got the potential of an MVP and AD is going to be on that list? Or you know what, that individual stuff just isn't important when you're trying to win a chip. 
Well, the individual stuff isn't that important when you're trying to win a championship. But when you look at this team and you look at Anthony Davis and, and him saying he has a chip on his shoulder, uh, if that's the truth and he comes out and plays the way we know he's capable of playing like we saw when they won the championship, then he should be mentioned. He, he should want to be mentioned in that category of MVPs when it's all said and done. Uh, you know, and I, and I think he has the ability to do that. I mean, he is a, a dynamic player, you know, on both ends of the floor. And if he has his mindset and he can stay healthy – and he goes out there with that, that killer mentality, uh, then I think he's going to have a, a, a big-time year this year. And uh, I don't see no reason why he shouldn't. I mean, he is one of the best players in our league. And uh, when he's healthy, he's been able to prove that on a consistent basis. So I don't think we should look for anything less than that from AD. What do you think of the starting uh, shooting guard position it is just through the preseason game so far? And I know it's so tough to kind of gauge some of this because – a lot of these players either aren't playing or the opposing team aren't playing their best players. Any specific guy that stood out to you that you think uh, would go into that starting nod? Not really, to be honest with yeah. you. I'm, I'm it's a good answer, actually. Kind of looking at it. Yeah, I'm kind of just looking at him and going, okay, you know, I, I think, you know, Frank is going to have one of those revolving doors who's mm-hmm. playing well gets to play, you know, at that position because you got such, you know, such great, you know, the other three players are such great players. So, it's going to be interesting to two guard. Uh, you know, we always want one that's more than just a spot up shooter. Even though you're going to get a bunch of wide open shots when you got, you know, uh, LeBron James and Anthony Davis and, and Russell on the floor at the same time, you're going to get wide open shots. It's just a matter of you're knocking them down on a consistent basis. But uh, I think that position right now is wide open. I think Frank is, uh, you know, trying to figure it out himself and give these guys equal amount of time to kind of show what they can do and then make a decision. You know, coming this week because, like you said, next week the season starts and it's uh, you know, you got to get ready and have your starting lineup out there playing and practicing together. You know, these these next four or five days to get ready for the start of the season. Byron Scott taking some time to join Lakers talk. He's got a brand new podcast, Off the Dribble, with Byron Scott. You could go to byronscottpodcast.com. Already a couple great episodes with James Worthy, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, Byron, you know, I it's funny getting a chance to do the pre and the post game shows and trying to break down preseason games, I, I can't, you know, I, I know they're not important in the sense that, okay, well, it doesn't matter what the standings are, okay, it doesn't matter they go 0-5 or that's where they sit right now today. H- how do how did you approach preseason games? What is, what's the goal by the time you get through these six preseason games? I know back in the days it was eight of them. What, what's the right. goal? What are you hoping to accomplish by the time you get to your opening night? Are you talking about from an individual standpoint or a team standpoint? Team, team standpoint from a from a Lakers perspective, you know, you, you're not obviously you're not playing your guys a ton. Yes, it was the first time we got to see the big three together. What do you what's what is the goal by the time you get to opening night from a team perspective? And I'm obviously trying to fit the Lakers mold into this. They're 0 and five, but that right. doesn't matter. What does matter in the preseason? Uh, getting to the regular season healthy, uh, number one from a coaching standpoint. Then number two, making sure that you have your rotations. Uh, you know, kind of a real got a real good idea of how you're going to have your rotations, your 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 set eight or nine guys that you're going to be playing. Um, you know, I think those are the two main things that you really look for. I, at least I did as a coach, making sure we got to the regular season, the start of it with a healthy uh, bunch of guys, and made sure that I had my rotation, my starting lineup, and my three or four guys that were going to come out the bench, and how many minutes these guys were going to play. Uh, some obviously dictated by the game and the game, the way the game was played. Uh, but I wanted to make sure that those two things were in place 
when we got to the regular season. So uh, it was very simple for me. I, you know, I didn't really care about the, you know, about our preseason record. You know, I got a chance to look at every player that I needed to look at. You know, you have to make some tough decisions as a coach, uh, with your cuts and things of that nature. Uh, and then making sure that we were relatively healthy getting into the start of it and making sure that I had my rotation down packed. And then we basically went from there. And I think, you know, Frank is probably looking at it the same way because if, if not, you know, they wouldn't be 0-5 with the type of talent that they have. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, the last two preseason games, I always tried to, you know, play the guys that I were going to play to start the season so that they knew that this was going to be the rotation. And Pat Riley, I got that from Pat Riley, mm-hmm. our last two preseason games he would always play the starters you know their 30 to 35 minutes that that they were accustomed to playing and the guys coming off the bench would you know do what they do and uh he kept that you know all the years I was there there was only one year that I remember where Rouse you know came in the preseason and said I don't want us to lose a game and and I'm still going to play you know the normal way until we get to the last two games but we don't I don't want to lose a game and I think that was going into our back-to-back year or is going to our, our, our first championship in 87, not our first, but in 87 before the back-to-back. He, he wanted to go in our preseason that year and not lose a game, and I think we, we, we ran the gamut on everybody. Byron Scott taking some time to join uh, Lakers talk here. Byron, I got one more for you and just more of, your, more of a curiosity here. As you look at the Western Conference, um, I know there's some key guys out, uh, Clay Thompson hoping to come back in January for the Golden State Warriors, Jamal Murray, uh, Kawhi Leonard, both of those guys, hopefully they're back at some point this season. Biggest threat to the Lakers in the Western Conference, is there a team that stands out to you, or do you feel like there's a lot of teams almost on the same level? And I, I know some some big injuries out there that uh, you're hoping to see those guys come back. Yeah, there's a lot, like you said, a lot of big injuries, but you got a lot of good teams in the Western Conference. You just mentioned you know, a bunch of them with, with Denver, with uh, Murphy being out, the Clippers, you know, Kawhi being out. Uh, you look at Utah, what they were able to do last year. You look at Phoenix and what they were able to do last year. I, I don't think Phoenix is going away anytime soon. You know, and I, and I look at their 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 roster. I look at the stars that they have on the team. Chris Paul is that leader. Uh, Monty Williams, uh, a terrific terrific basketball coach, and then you got Devin Booker, who is. I don't know how I could say he's one of the most underrated players mm. in the NBA because this kid should be an all-star. I mean, he is he is dynamic. He's tough. Um, you know, he 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 loves you know Kobe so much. I think he's trying to adapt that mama mentality. But I think Phoenix. I still think Phoenix. You know, they're they're very good defensive team. They're very athletic. They got great leadership and great coaching. Uh, and they got a they got a guy that you can put the ball in his hands, you know, when the game is on the line, and Devin Booker or Chris Paul, and they get the job done. So I think still Phoenix is going to be a threat, uh, and they're going to be tough to, you know, if they don't have any injuries as well. They're going to be one of those teams that's not going anywhere. Byron, I, I greatly appreciate the time, and you know, I'll say it again for those who obviously are big Laker fans. We got a great platform here where a lot of Laker fans tune in. Go catch off the dribble with Byron Scott. ByronScottPodcast dot com. Uh, you will not get a better perspective on Lakers basketball than with uh, with the, than with Byron Scott himself. Um, thank you very much for the time. Greatly appreciated, Byron, and uh, and good luck on uh, everything else that you're doing in the background. All right, bud. Alan, I thank you. Appreciate you. All right, well there it is, Byron Scott, three-time NBA champion. Take some time, uh, not just NBA champion, Lakers. Uh, NBA champion in the Showtime era, taking some time to join the show. Okay, we got to go to commercial break here. Uh, Steve's going to kill me if I don't. Uh, when we come back, a couple things that Byron said about, hey, you know what? Things are going to um, – it, it's not going to happen as fast as you think. Got to be honest, I'm probably more the one that thought, just roll the ball out there. These guys will figure it out right away. 
But uh, I think Byron cautioning Laker fans that it might take a second. We'll talk a little bit about that coming up next. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. All right, thank you again to uh, Byron Scott. Takes the time to uh, join Lakers Talk, so we always appreciate uh, appreciate that from uh, from Byron, especially somebody that obviously played the game, was a champion with the Los Angeles Lakers, and like I mentioned, go check out his podcast. Um, okay, so one of the things that he mentioned, which, you know, it's funny. Lakers put together this team, and I'm going to give you my personal expectation immediately right as that roster kind of comes out, Lakers make the trade, Russell Westbrook becomes a Laker, and then they go out there and they start filling in the rest of the pieces. Dwight Howard's coming back. Rondo's coming back. Carmelo Anthony, DeAndre Jordan. Um, uh, go into the list, Malik Monk, Kendrick Nunn. I go down, Wayne Ellington, Trevor Ariza. Instantly for me, my thought process was, okay, you got exactly what you need. You got another star because you want to go up against the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn's got three stars. You got three stars. Mono a mono. Let's go to work. And that doesn't mean you're just going to walk right through the Western Conference. It doesn't mean that you're not going to face challenges. I'm not referring to that by any stretch of the imagination. But I think for me, I had always thought, yeah, I think this thing is going to work, and I think it's going to work right away because you have a ton of veterans, because you feel like everybody – um, these are guys that either won championships before or all they care about at this stage of their career is, I just want to chip. I don't care how I get it. I don't care what my role is. I just want to win a championship. And I thought, you know, yesterday LeBron kind of cautioned Laker fans out there that looks going to take a little bit of time. You know, we're, we're not going to figure this thing out right away. He was trying to give some comparisons, not comparing himself with other teams, but just saying when anytime you have that much turnover, you have that many new guys it's going to take a second, as in October 19th, when that comes less than from less than a week uh, today, uh, it's not going to be all uh, all rosy. It's not going to be all perfect. It's not going to look like that this team has been playing together for five years, each of these individuals have, even though they've had individual success and individual talent. And even though LeBron and Anthony, Anthony Davis and Rondo and Dwight Howard, some of these guys have actually already won a championship together. Byron pretty much reiterated the same thing. Like, yeah, this is going to take a second. You know, if, if you think that you're just going to wake up one morning and you're going to throw these throw this team all together um, and it's going to start working in that first 30 days or the first 60 days or the first uh, the first five preseason games, just using that as example, as Lakers have already played five preseason games, that's not going to be the case. So I, I think I actually kind of find myself now tapering some of my expectations and part of that could just simply be you get excited when you see the team you get excited when you see all the players and the names on a roster that you just assume that it's all going to work out right out the gate and I think the more time I spend on this and I listen to someone like Byron Scott who was obviously a very successful coach as well um, you can kind of sense this yeah that by the time you get to December 1st it's going to look a lot different than it looks October 1st November 1st, 
January 1st. There's going to be, as more time goes by, I think the expectations and I think what our vision is for this Lakers team will come closer to fruition. And, And by the way, Byron, in that entire conversation, one of the things that he also said at the end, which is why I think the Lakers will win an NBA championship, which is why I think the Lakers will win an NBA championship, as if he thinks there's going to be a struggle for the Lakers, but ultimately that prized goal, the big, uh, uh, the 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 chance to go get championship number 18, it will come to fruition, but it's not going to start right out the gate that some people are hoping for, some people are expecting, and I'm including myself on that list where you kind of just expect, right, yeah, this thing's going to work. Yeah, just put these guys on the court together. Everything's going to be fine. So I thought that portion from Byron Scott, it, wake up call is not the right way to put it because I don't think there's a wake up call when you're looking at preseason games. I think it's more of a wake up call when you have 23 games before December 1st. Yeah, what will that record look like? 12 of the first 15 games are at home. I mentioned that a couple different times. The, the, the schedule is definitely more advantageous in the beginning. Most certainly, it's more advantageous. But what will eventually happen? Um, you know, when by the time you get uh, uh, halfway through the season, what will that record look like? And then, how much better, hopefully, will that record be in the second half of the season? Okay, another thing that he hit on that I think is you know worth a, a conversation and a discussion. So I asked him about Russell Westbrook and what will be the toughest adjustment, the biggest challenge for Russell Westbrook coming to the Lakers, that he's never been the third option. He's never been the third best player on the team. No, we're talking about Russell Westbrook. We all know uh, what kind of player Russell Westbrook is. We know his accomplishments. We know what he's been able to do as far as triple doubles go. You guys kind of go down the list of what he's accomplished so far in his career. And I thought, you know, Byron mentioned the adjustment that Russell Westbrook will need to make, will have to make, will he embrace it? Uh, first of all, l- let me answer that part of it. I think he will embrace it. And I've given my reasons before, but for those who have not kind of heard my take on Russell Westbrook, I'll, I'll give them again. Um, I think a player like Russell Westbrook, maybe five, six years ago, it's a different story. Maybe it's, and even then, I still think that Russell Westbrook would embrace a role if he thought he had a chance to win an NBA championship. But maybe five, six years ago, Russ would look at you know some of the other players on his team and be like, I, I get how good you are, but I'm one of the baddest men in the world as well, so let, let's not forget who I am. I think at this stage of his career, because it's been so long since he went to the NBA Finals, he went to the NBA Finals, I want to say it was in 2012. That's when it was the Thunder versus the Miami Heat. It was a young James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Russell Westbrook. They all probably thought they're going to go to NBA championships every year for the next five, seven years. No, it didn't happen. James Harden got traded, and then uh, you know KD and, uh, and Russ could never get over the hump, at least never get past the Golden State Warriors. Um, I think at this stage of his career... He understands what a unique opportunity he's in. Look, look at every single team that he's played on over the last few years, whether it was the Thunder with KD and without KD. With KD, you still couldn't get over the hump. Without KD, you know, you're a first-round exit. Plays with Paul George, plays with some of these other good players, was on the Houston Rockets with James Harden, was in Washington with Bradley Beal. None of these teams that he's played for have a chance at a championship. None of them have. And at this stage of his career... Will he sacrifice? If that's the biggest challenge that Russell Westbrook has this upcoming season is sacrificing for what's in the best interest of the team, 
of doing what um, you know obviously the team needs him to do. Just kind of go down the list of all these things that come with what specific teams need in order to go win an NBA championship. I, I don't really worry about that part with Russ. I really don't. I think he's got enough reasons and enough experience in the NBA why that championship is such a priority and why he'll do anything he can to try and get that championship, have one of those under his belt. You know, somebody he played with for a long time, Kevin Durant has two under his belt, won both of those two in Golden State. I'm sure there's probably a, a personal agenda for him as well to uh, to go try to get that ring. Now, as far as the other challenges of fit, the other challenges of he's going to find a lot of time and opportunities where he's going to be wide open for a jumper because teams are going to understand and they're going to focus much more on LeBron and Anthony Davis. That part's going to be there. He's going to have to figure out how to be most effective for the Lakers. I think he'll find a way to do it. So um, when when I ask the question to Byron about what the biggest challenge will be, I'm almost kind of answering my own question there. I think the challenges that people have in mind, Russ will find a way to get past it. He's done it his entire career. I, I don't think that will uh, that will change by any stretch of the imagination. Last thing I want to hit on that Byron Scott mentioned, the AD piece at the five and him saying it really doesn't matter, who cares? I, I lean much more towards that answer than anything else. Because if I want to have an argument with Michael Thompson in the pregame show that you know what, DeAndre Jordan should be uh, the starting five, or somebody wants to make a case Dwight wants should be the starting five, or like Michael says, what the hell does it matter? Make AD play the five. Let AD start the game at the five. It's not like he's going up against Hakeem Olajuwon and then Patrick Ewing the next night, and then you know Kareem Abdul-Jabbar the following night. Um, you're not playing, the, the game does not have the centers that it used to be. Byron said something basically along the lines, as long as he's closing games at the five, that's all that matters. That's it. You got to worry about any of the other stuff. If he's the starter at the five, great. How does it work? Is it compromising the defense? Is it compromising an opportunity to have another, you know, more size? If it's hurting the team, then I'm pretty sure coach. And it wouldn't be AD's fault that Anthony Davis is individually hurting the Lakers because he's playing at the five. No, it could just be, all right, there's, um, there's not enough defense on the floor. There's not enough size on the floor. They're getting out-rebounded. Whatever the case is, you kind of go through a million different nuances to this. So at the end of the day, if Byron says, and and I think everybody's in agreement with this anytime I have this conversation, as long as the guy's playing the five, as long as the guy is closing out the games as the center, I do think that will give the Lakers the best chance to win the most amount of games towards the end. Now, you know, the hope is the Lakers are running through teams and Anthony Davis in the last six minutes of the fourth quarter is sitting on the bench with Frank Vogel because he's resting and getting ready for the next game. That's ideal. Or he's sitting out the fourth quarter. I don't know how much that's going to happen. And I say that only because last season we talked a lot about that, but that wasn't the case. But it's a brand new season. And obviously the rest that some of these players got in the offseason is much different than the rest that they were getting um, last season. Um, so I, I think that part's going to be, you know, obviously a big difference. Uh, as far as AD season and expectations, we've gone through that 150 different times. The AD piece at the five and him saying it really doesn't matter, who cares? I, I lean much more towards that answer than anything else. Because if I want to have an argument with Michael Thompson in the pregame show that, you know what, DeAndre Jordan should be uh, the starting five or somebody wants to make a case Dwight wants should be the starting five or, like Michael says, 
What the hell does it matter? Make AD play the five. Let AD start the game at the five. It's not like he's going up against Hakeem Olajuwon and then Patrick Ewing the next night and then you know Kareem Abdul-Jabbar the following night. Um, you're not playing. The, the game does not have the centers that it used to be. Byron said something basically along the lines, as long as he's closing games at the five, that's all that matters. That's it. You ain't got to worry about any of the other stuff. If he's the starter at the five, great. How does it work? Is it compromising the defense? Is it compromising an opportunity to have another, you know, more size? If it's hurting the team, then I'm pretty sure Coach – and it wouldn't be AD's fault that Anthony Davis is individually hurting the Lakers because he's playing at the five. No, it could just be, all right, there's um, – there's not enough defense on the floor. There's not enough size on the floor. They're getting out-rebounded. Whatever the case is, you kind of go through a million different nuances to this. So at the end of the day, if Byron says, and and I think everybody's in agreement with this anytime I have this conversation, as long as the guy's playing the five, as long as the guy is closing out the games as the center, I do think that will give the Lakers the best chance to win the most amount of games towards the end. Now, you know, the hope is the Lakers are running through teams and Anthony Davis in the last six minutes of the fourth quarter is sitting on the bench with Frank Vogel because he's resting and getting ready for the next game. That's ideal. Or he's sitting out the fourth quarter. I don't know how much that's going to happen. And I say that only because last season we talked a lot about that, but that wasn't the case. But it's a brand new season. And obviously the rest that some of these players got in the offseason is much different than the rest that they were getting um, last season. Um, so I, I think that part's going to be, you know, obviously a big difference. Uh, as far as AD season and expectations, we've gone through that 150 different times. Uh, it's going to need to be an MVP caliber type of season, in my opinion, for the Lakers to go win a championship. And we'll see what happens with the rest of the Western Conference um, and, and certainly what happens with Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets because I think we're all watching that as well. Okay, when we come back, top NBA stories, some good stories all around the league. You know, I, I think when I say good stories, I'm talking about what I find interesting. And of course, part of that is the Kyrie Irving piece. Part of that is the Ben Simmons piece. Um, yesterday was the anniversary of two iconic players making their debut in the NBA back in 1979. I want to throw that part into the mix. All that coming up next. Thank you for being a part of the show. I'm Alan Sliwa. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN.